For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 448. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today I have my co-host, John White. John, today's Wednesday, September 5th, 2018. How are you doing? Doing really well. Hey, Color of the Bay report. The Color of the Bay is it's not 114 degrees. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. Oh, well. my goodness, Las Vegas. If you ever walk outside... Yeah, it was pretty hot out there. And yeah. uh, you come back to Bay Area, and it's like nice 70s, right? Sun exactly. shining. Water is not 112, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the, actually, all the taxi drivers are like, you know what? It's only 104. Uh, it, it's actually pretty nice for this time of the year. It's not 127 or whatever. And and every time I hear that, it did not make me feel any better at all. <laughs> But I, you know, I never left because I was staying in the uh, what was I staying in the uh, Excalibur, and the Excalibur was only three hundred and twenty-two dollars for the whole week. So wow. if you ever thinking about saving money going to VMworld? Yeah, that's the place. But you have to walk like a long journey to get over to the Mandalay Bay. That's so, true. Uh, but so to sh- shortcut it, I figured out that I could go outside and walk through the parking lot. And it would save half the distance because the Excalibur dra- drags you all through their little mall to get through right. the inside. So every day I would walk outside, cut across the parking lot, and then on the way back, cut across the parking lot. But that, you know, seven minutes outside in the sun right. had me pretty pretty sweaty by the time I, I got in yeah, both directions. I, I, so half the distance, but you have to carry the three liters of water to replace the liquid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. And then you take, if you accidentally trip and fall and hurt yourself, you're going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Outside, they're very long. Yeah. On the show today, we're just going to do a VMworld roundtable. We have Elsa Mayer and Krippa Elsa, Krippa in the room, uh, which is great. All of our gear is not here, so you won't see us on live stream. So sorry, hi, live stream. You're not I'm there. waving to the camera right now. You're, you're telling me that is completely useless. Completely useless. <laughs> okay. Right, absolutely. It's not, not going to work today. Uh, they, we're going to talk a little bit about all the things that we saw at VMworld, general session, makerspace, VMware code, Axon, power sessions, the expert party, VMCM tech talks, the blogger tables, weigh-in screens, Barcelona, uh, VMworld Fest, where to find content. Wow, we got a big list of things <laughs> to talk about, so that's what we're going to do today. It's just going to be Elsa, Kripa, John, and myself talking through what our experience was uh, at VMworld. So uh, with that, uh, before we get that, we'll do a little bit of news. Um, so just a reminder that VMworld Europe is coming up. So we're, we all have in our heads that, wow, it's done. We, we, we escaped. We're, we're still alive, when most of us are. Right. But the reality is uh, VMworld Europe, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it as well. We had Linda Britt in here talking. Uh, because of the, 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 the distance between U.S. and Europe, there's going to be a additional product announcements. Uh, the, right. the keynotes are going to be a little bit different. And so they're going to actually have a different message for Europe. Right? So we got to also remember that Europe's still coming and there's going to be new content and kind of cool stuff going on there too. So 
that's in the news. And Reg is open, so you can go Reg yourself for Europe. I hear they're ahead of Reg, so uh, it's going to be a great conference. I think it's going to be bigger and better than it was last year. And last year was like 12,000 or some number, so I think it's going to be even bigger this year. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. If you're if you haven't gotten your passport yet, you're in big trouble. But I think you're right up against the basically rush deadlines of getting your passport. If you're a U.S. citizen, to overnight it to the State Department, get them to rush process it and overnight it back. But, That's right. But if you're in the EU, uh, uh, then you don't need a passport. If you're in the you're EU, you're there. Golden. Yeah. No problems there whatsoever. Um, so that's the only thing I got in the news um, from a standpoint of everybody has to remember. We still got Europe coming up. Uh, Reg is open. We're driving to Reg. We're still doing social outbound on interesting things that are going to be happening. I'm still buying more Raspberry Pis and uh, putting them away so that we have Raspberry Pis to give away at VMworld Europe in the booth like we did in the U.S. So lots of stuff going to be happening. But enough of that. Enough with the news. So um, maybe I'll just go around first, and uh, I'll, I'll start with you, John, and then we'll, we'll just go. We'll go, what is this, counterclockwise around the room here. It's a square table, not a round table. Uh, general session, did you get to, to get to watch it? Uh, yeah. I know we talked a little bit about it on the podcast with uh, Mala, right? But yeah. uh, what were your takeaways from the general session? I, it, was, it was pretty amazing, first of all. But, you know, it was a mix of Monday, Tuesday, you know, technology and announcements. And then that transition on Tuesday to, to hear Mala talk, and then Thursday to, to see kind of the uh, TED Talk style kind of technology and envision and future stuff. It, it was a really interesting mix. Um, if you were not there in person, you did not get to see Malala, uh, and I'm very sorry. Uh, maybe go watch some of her other public uh, um, speaking. She was extremely uh, inspirational. Uh, it was, uh, you know, Brought me to tears. I'm not uh, embarrassed to say that. I guess I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it, or else I would have said it smoothly. Um, but you know, uh, really, really cool. I think some of the announcements, some you know, just caught me like back on VMware technology, caught me completely flat-footed. You know, completely unexpected to have a collaboration between VMware and Amazon to have a relational database service on-prem. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. That's uh, you know completely out of uh, left field and uh, floored me. Didn't so the announcement, the announcement was the relational database on-prem running on vSphere. Right? On vSphere, but yeah. managed by Amazon Web Services. So basically, the database server would be completely handled and managed by AWS, um, and it's just consumed as a service by the customer on their on-prem equipment. Um, it's in tech preview, so I don't think they have any information on pricing or or how you're going to get billed for it, but there is definitely a sign-up for uh, how to, uh, if you want to get early access, there is a, there is a tech preview uh, button to click. So, I wonder how much of this is, uh, you know, uh, Oracle versus uh, versus Amazon and, and starting, because Oracle's definitely in the cloud business, right? right. So, so among the databases on the list were Oracle, Maria, MySQL, uh, and Microsoft SQL Server. So you know, a bunch less of, about the yeah. less about the tools yeah. and more about just the delivering the exactly. service. So it, it was almost like they said, well, any of the major database engines that you you would want to consume, I think 
The one thing I did not see on the list was SAP HANA, uh, but that's uh, pretty specific for very specific uh, use. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, just uh, pick one, and then to get support on prem, but managed by them. So that you know, as as that shakes out, you know, I'll be really interested to see how that works. Yeah. So I did talk to a lot of people uh, first time. You know, first time people like we, we say sixty seventy percent of right. people who go to VM uh, VMworld is their first time. And I think I, I did you know query people to see where that was in the community booth. I think we get more people coming out of community booth a little bit more time. So uh, Chris, I'll just go to you and say like, so this is your first time. Um, did you were you able to watch some of the keynote? What was your yeah, what, what was bit. your expectation? And then how did it play out when you actually got to yeah, kind of echoing what John said, it really was an interesting mix. I kind of expected the keynote just to be product announcements, but um, and I didn't really know what Malala was going to be speaking about. So just kind of that mix of different topics made it seem uh, just more humanized in a way um, and very relatable, um, even if you're not coming from a technical background. So it was really interesting to listen to. But I was also behind the shop talking to people during most of the keynote, so I didn't get to hear as much of it as I would have liked. Yeah, it was pretty busy in the hang space or in the village. So the the, oh the village was, was pretty busy during the keynote. So a lot of people were watching that. Even in the booth, in the power session booth, they put live streams on all the videos mm -hmm. and then could sit and watch that. I thought Pat's humor was pretty good. Right? Yeah. I thought he was looser and better at speaking this time than all the other times. Every year he just gets a little better and better at not just, you know, Worrying about being so technical and more being a little bit more human, right? Right, uh, right. While while we're talking about some some of the releases, um, but also I say yeah, I agree. Um, data, I think I think we spent a lot of time on cloud, right? I, I always feel like, well, can we talk some features about vSphere, right? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so well, you got your wish right up front, you know, vSphere Platinum. Yeah, yeah, there was that. There was that. Uh, which added what? I forget what they said they added. Security. Uh, security. But yeah, so it was, it was because people were looking at trying to, you know, they, they had to buy vSphere, then go buy the security package, right? Um, uh, App Defense, I think it is. Right. Uh, and so bundling that all together and giving you another another option just to get get the whole uh, application space, if that makes sense. I think uh, maybe an interesting topic in the future would be to bring in the person, you know, the PM of that, you know, specific version to talk about. You know, is it just a bundle, or is it you know, uh, you know, something more than that? Because yeah. I got the sense that it was it was more than just bundling the two products together. That there was some uh, something you know, one plus one equals three. Yeah, we would have to ask them. Um, my impression was it was a bundle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is everybody needed it, and they're like, I'm already buying the most expensive package you have, right? right. Which is Enterprise Plus or whatever that is, and like, right. I still don't get. The, the app defense stuff. So I think they took that feedback back and they went, okay, there are people that just want to buy the most expensive offering we have. And if you do that, you should get everything, but, but you don't get the app defense stuff. So, right, right. so like we need to make another package that bundles up together that then you can buy the, what is it, platinum, you know, gold platinum, platinum, platinum. Like, uh, I, I, we're going to run out of, of metal to describe what you can buy. And to bundle right. It's actually the first metal that. I mean, we don't have like silver, gold, you know, bronze, silver, gold, platinum. We no, have you're right. Standard enterprise plus. So platinum. We're, we're guilty of uh, mixing our uh, right, mixing our standards. So you're, Kripa, you're still inside your first six months at VMware, yeah, right? Yeah, two months. That's that's crazy. To yeah, fun two months. Onboard 
and then come. Yeah, it's a really meet. cool experience to be able to go straight to VMworld. Because um, I feel like being in the office is one thing, but actually interacting with the community um, just makes all the hard work like you do leading up to VMworld so much worth, so much more worth it. Um, seeing people and have, seeing how excited they are about VMware and just your products and everything else, it's, it's a cool experience for sure right. to jump into right away. And then the sprint, and then the setup, and then the teardown. I mean, are you are you recovered yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I got a lot of sleep. So yeah, yeah. Eric even got some cool footage of the the teardown process. Man, they come in and they within half an hour. So it fast. So different. Yeah. We were a little slow getting there. <laughs> hard to let go. It is hard to let go. You, you create a thing. So, the, Elsa, this is your second one. You were in the Eclipse spot last year, right? Where yeah. you basically have two months. You started, and then you started in June, and you know all of what you're doing is putting you on stuff of VMworld. You yeah. go crazy, then you go. So this year, you know, old hat. Uh, did you experience <laughs> it differently? Uh, what, what was your experience like this year? Um, I think what I liked about this year is. Um, I, I would say almost half of my interactions were with people that I've met before. So the community is such, is so uh, friendly and uh, so open and can stay connected all year on Twitter. So it's really cool to come and see some of these people that I've been communicating with regarding their blogs, talking to on Twitter, um, emailing about new opportunities and getting to actually have some face time there. And I think that was the biggest change year over year other than all the cool we did this year that we didn't do last year. Right, right. That makes sense. So on the list, um, things that I think went well, uh, so we did VMware CodeCoin, right? Uh, that was kind of fun, a blockchain implementation of coins. I think we we looked at the numbers, 40,000 coins. We distributed wow. 40,000 coins. Um, and I think we had five or six hundred purchases with those coins. Wow. Yeah, well, that's believable. Yeah. It was yeah. highly popular. Yeah. Way more yeah. than I was anticipated. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. in a good way. Um, you know, it's funny because we talked about blockchain before and what do we want to do for, you know, giving communities something to do, right? And um, in, in previous events where you run these type of events, um, the, the old, um, we give you a stamp book, we give you a little book, and we yeah. give you a stamp, and you have to go to six places in the booth to get a stamp. And you bring the stamp back, and you get your T-shirt, right? And like that's kind of like the basing thing where we started, but we thought, you know, from a code perspective, we should probably do something more cody than just, right. you know, give stamps. Then we just, we we started thinking about chunk of cheese tickets, you know, where you could you see a little ripoff ticket, <laughs> you know, and then you go and you get six tickets, and then we have a booth where you can, you know, you can buy your stuff with six tickets. Then we went to the mobile app where we went, okay, maybe then we found out about the, I, the fact that we were launching blockchain. We went to the CTO office. Uh, Dell did this in uh, uh, in their booth. I think they had 30,000 coins distributed, so we beat them uh, with how many how many coins we did. Um, and we, we took that source base and then modified it to support the blockchain implementation that, that we did. But it, it gets back to the old school of if you give people things to do, they'll go do it. Right, and right. then come back, and they actually have a fun time because it gives them something to do where they're learning while they're doing it. Right? If, yeah. if I had to go watch these three sessions and go do this, go do that, you'd be like, eh, whatever. But if I say that and give you a mobile app and then give you something at the end, which is something you get to choose from a little glass, 
how many of you guys have gone to Chuck E. Cheese? Um, how many? How many actually think that the things that you got were worth anything at all? <laughs> and the answer is no, no. The little finger thing that you, the the you know, the little rubber, yeah, the finger cups or the, the little parachute guy. Well, that's worth anything. But while you're getting it, you feel like you accomplished, right? And you did something, and you had fun while you were doing it. And I, I feel like the Coke one was exactly like that, right? You learned a little bit about uh, blockchain, right? We've got a blockchain presentation. There you had to go through to get your coins. Um, you got to experience all the elements of the booth and all the elements of community. And you got to, you got more points to the hackathon. You learned about the hackathon. But then you came back and then we gave away a lot of good stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, we sold a lot of good stuff with the, with the coin. So I think that went well. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely attracted an audience that originally just wanted a, an espresso. <laughs> they wanted non-conference coffee, and we had our coffee bar, and they saw it, and they said, what do I need to do to get good coffee? And it was as simple as downloading the app, and so then that kind of got them involved, but then they were hooked. Like, it's I like, felt like know. I watched people get hooked. Like, totally, like left crazy. and right. right like, I, because I, I would do that. They come, how do I get a cup of coffee? I'd say, here, go read that sign over there. Do this, do that. Get your cup of coffee. And then I saw them, and they wouldn't see them again. And then I see them back later. How do I do this next thing? Or like they were doing things. And I'm, right. I finally went like, go away. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean this to take over your show. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, people people had a lot of fun with it. Right. Um, we did give away good stuff, though. The yeah. jackets were nice. Right. Yeah, the jackets were... Yeah, those were those were nice jackets, and, that, and everything else is good too. Are those jackets going to be at uh, Barcelona too? I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at my budget. I think so. I think so. We have yeah. quite a lot left. Yeah, so. it's just that we have to inventory all the stuff and then look at sizes and figure mm -hmm. whether we need to order some. The the Europeans tend to be thinner, so we have to order the, the thinner size. More mediums. Yeah, more mediums. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're 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 svelte. You know, yeah. walk a lot, stay in shape. So that was a blockchain with good power sessions, right? Uh, so this year, this year we did the uh, code sessions for the first time. Right? So I'm gonna, you guys are the, on the inside. I'm going to tell you my outside perspective. I could not believe that you doubled the number of amphitheaters and still filled all the seats. That is mind blowing, guys. Yeah. That, that were so many people there. And there were so many people there that were bouncing back and forth between regular sessions, but it almost seemed like this, you know, the the community booth was home base. And they were like, okay, I need to do two sessions, and I'll be back. And then I'm going to do three code sessions, and then I'm going to do a V Brown bag session, and then one more, and then back. It was mind-boggling to just kind of watch that cycling back and forth. It was so successful. Yeah, it was. It was. And I think that it, it, it was the fact that they were lighter, quicker, easier. That, you know, when I sign up for main session, it's an hour. I have to make sure I'm going to go there, get in line early. You know, where if you were kind of bored, you could just pop over here and there's always something you could watch. Right. And I think we got probably half the people were coming in were just like you say, they would come back over and go, yeah, go watch this one and this one. And they, they hadn't built their calendar up uh, that's the other thing I think that we're loose on. Our sh we didn't, you didn't have to be in Schedule Builder to, to come, come in and sit down. Right. We scanned you, but we didn't stop you from coming in. We weren't, you know, policing you on the. So if you hadn't gotten your act together, you know, and hadn't booked a bunch of things in Schedule Builder, and all those things were already booked up, the session, 
you could come over and watch these at will. So, right, right. And we had enough great topics that, yeah. you know, you could sit there for quite a while. But. I will say the fact that it was in Schedule Builder meant that people knew about it ahead of time. Yeah. Right. And they knew to, yeah. even if it was full, they had this idea that, like, well, you know, maybe only 60% of the people are going to come and it's going right. to be a little bit looser. Right. And if nothing else, I can stand outside and watch it. Right. So they put it on their calendars whether or not they, they put those sessions in Schedule Builder. Yeah. I thought that was... Now, now this is an interesting thing that I've noticed from, uh, from an event perspective. If you can build an experience around the session, people like that better. So an example of that is code. Right, where you take a bunch of sessions that would normally be in boring session rooms, right, and then you build a code experience around it so that when you come in and watch the sessions, you're also walking through Makerspace, you're walking through Iota, you're walking through other development things that are kind of add-ons. So the, the session is the burger, but then you have the fries, the coke, and a, a thing. So if you can build that ecosystem where you're coming in and watching a session and meeting people and then having time to talk to them afterwards, that's probably better than just session rooms yeah. by themselves. Right? But that, that actually works better. Uh, more enjoyable to come watch a session that way than just hanging out in session hall, session hall, session hall all day long. It would be interesting to talk to somebody who was in the business of putting on events because I bet that there is some kind of study out there that says like the smaller the room, like there's yes, right. above a certain size room, there's this impersonal feeling right. that feels like you're being lectured to and you're not part of a community experience. Yeah. yeah and, that, you know, that might be around 50. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to decide, like, okay, so we've expanded this concept to two, right? Like, mm -hmm. you could expand it more and you would still have people coming in traffic, right? Right. Then you have to go back to Linda Britton and Sue and go, hey, we're starting to see a model that actually works pretty well here right now. Mm -hmm. Is it economically efficient to have, you know, that theater that way versus session room, session room? I'm not sure, but right. but I think there's there's advantages to having an ecosystem around a collection of topics. So uh, that's you know it's interesting. The fact that it wasn't blocked off made, meant that it was physically or yeah visually accessible. So you know if, if something's in a room, then nobody necessarily knows about it. But where it was, it, you know, you had access to about a thousand people to put eyeballs on it and say, hey, what's going on over there? And just walk over, if nothing else. So, yeah, I think that all in all, we probably scanned, what, 2,500 people through the code area? Total? Well, oh, through code? Yeah, just code. Yeah, just all code. All together through the booth, I think it was around 4,000. 4,000, yeah. So, yeah, about half and half. Now, then you look and say, okay, so. If you had a hundred session room, how many sessions would we have given that way? Right. So comparing the numbers, um, but from an experience perspective, I think it was funner. Right. Yeah. Like I actually like listening to talks. Sometimes when I go to two sessions, after about the third session, big room, I'm just sitting, I'm bored. There's nobody else to talk to because you're in a room with a hundred other people. Then you move on to the next one. I'm starting to tune out after X number of them. So I think the intimacy makes it a little bit more accessible, like the interactivity makes it a little mm -hmm. bit more accessible. Right. Like it's not a one-way conversation. Right, yeah, we got that feedback from a lot of the speakers that they felt really energized by the ability to realistically do Q&A throughout their session and then also to be able to chat with people after, like just kind of hang out in our space and right. uh, follow up on questions. And we've, we had probably 10 or 15 speakers be like, I wasn't going to come to Barcelona, but this is awesome. Yeah. 
like please let me know if there's any way that we can get a, a power session in Barcelona. So mm -hmm. that I think was was exciting as well. Yeah. So yeah. So that was uh, that was good, and uh, we'll definitely and we have the scanners. We're going to go compare our numbers to what other areas have, right? So because that's the other thing that's interesting. So for instance, the wavefront people got 120 leads, right, uh, from our booth. Uh, from the code area, um, it, you talked to Bill Roth about how many leads they got from the VMware booth, which is, uh, okay. and they got like 12. Right? Oh, so, okay. so, you know, that experience level where you can draw people in that are interested in a given topic and then engage with them, have, you know, have power sessions, have uh, maker shops, have ways to experience that. So instead of me going way over here to take a hands-on lab and over there to do a session and now you come here and you have all of that in the one place where people can hang out because they're all interested in that topic. Kind of like a mini conference. Yeah. In a, yeah. In a, in a conference. So that worked. That was fun. I'm just looking at Jack. Go on, Jack. Uh, go on. Jackets for Barcelona, please. Yeah. We're going to bring jackets. There's no question about that. Yeah. Medium is the new small. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and maker session. I like my fourth place hacks on USB battery. Congrats. Um, if I'd known you were going to get fourth place, I would have given you nothing. But that's <laughs> yeah. that was virtual security, I think. So, yeah. I've never been to Chuck E. Cheese in my life. I'm sorry. You should go to Chuck E. Cheese. It's fun. You get little tickets and uh, you play the games, you get a little ticket, and then you get to trade in your tickets. Go to Dave and Buster's. Dave yeah, and Buster's. That's, that's that's the they, <laughs> but do they have tickets? Yeah. Can you do that all? Well, like okay. Chuck E. Cheese, you might yeah. get a restraining order. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese has that gourmet pizza too. So oh. <laughs> yeah. So then we get to um, let's see. Do we do the VX for party first? Because that was fun. Um, I'm critical on on myself. I, I, interesting enough, I think it was twice as crowded this time as it was last year. Right. Last yeah. last year we had you know three thousand dollars worth of quarters, and I went back the next day with two thousand extra quarters because you know. We didn't spend that much money. This time, uh, we had doubled the number. We must have 300 people, 350 people come through there. That's how many registers we, we, we registered, but I, you know, usually you get drop off, but this year I don't think we got drop off. So, yeah, I think you had add on. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have to, I have to am admonish myself a little bit. I was trying to save budget and, uh, the event team, the, 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 the expert party people came and said, oh, we think you should uh, spend another five grand and put tables in the back. So that way, because barbecue is different than last year. We didn't have any tables, but I think we had a couple of stand-up tables that one of the one of the food vendors brought, right, like maybe five of them. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. They want $5,000 for tables. And I'm like, $5,000? I'm already like $30,000 on the budget. Right? So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm trying to cut back so that I eventually cut back uh, most most people heard about the fact that we weren't giving all the Raspberry Pis to all the maker shop people, uh, maker space people, and that's because I had to cut ten grand back. Mm. So I saved like eight grand out of that, and I saved I saved four thousand on the tables for the expert party. Mm -hmm. But if you went to the expert party, uh, it was a cringe moment for me because everybody was hanging out on little tiny like if there was a sharpened card, like it's a it's a pinball museum. They got old pinballs in the back and yeah. stuff like that. People were making makeshift tables out of pinball machines. Oh no! Yeah, it was really bad. It was it was embarrassing. Everybody had a great time. It was, right? yeah. it was yeah, totally it was fine. So the, the, the barbecue pig was good. The line was too long. I wanted to yell at them, but 
but it was crowded, and everyone, I think everybody had a nice time, and everybody got to hang out. With it's funny, because I, I didn't get to go, but everybody the next day, it was just buzz about the party. There was all positive feedback to my ears. Yes. Long lines and more time to chat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kept going back thinking yeah. the line would end and I would, you know, time enough have to wait in the line. But it never did. It just the line was always there. But uh, but it was fun. Yeah, it was it was good. I smell like smoke barbecue at the end of the night, which I don't like either. So but no, I was very critical of myself. Eric, right? That was the goal. Yeah, well, uh, we met that, that goal. Everybody, I think Pat left and probably smelled like barbecue smoke, right? Because it was, and it was a real bar. They had barbecue for sure. That was, yeah. it was pretty good. I made the mistake of, I, I love hot sauce. I made a mistake of, of putting hot sauce like on everything. They were not kidding. That's, that's <laughs> my mouth is on fire. It was really good. <laughs> And the pinball machine was great, and we raised five thousand dollars for charity, so that was good. Uh, uh, yeah, everything was it, it was good. I regret not buying tables for everybody, but uh, so such is life. Yeah, we sit all day. We won't be there again next year because we're back in San Francisco, so it was a one time, the, the last thing. I was less excited because I'd already been to the pinball museum, and so I didn't play as much pinball as I should have. But this year, Pat showed up, so that was nice, and then Pat did. Do a lot of rounds and stay there for an hour, you know, shaking hands and taking selfies. So that was good. Maybe next year we'll get him to speak. Uh, so, him, yeah, that was good. Uh, I think, yeah, you might want to think that he m might come because he doesn't have to speak. Yeah, yeah. I, he likes to come, period. He likes yeah. to, he, he loves community, he loves community members. So I think that that was all good. It was all good. Uh, that was, that's it. But, so the point is the bachelor party was. 350 people, for sure, solid. It was packed. Yeah. And uh, what we'll have to do next year is plan, because usually we'll, we'll, we'll do a 400 res, re, reserve, knowing that only 200 will show up. And so that's what we actually buy enough food for like 250. Correct. We, we, we plan for some not showing up, kind of like the airlines. Um, but I think we're going to have to next year really look well, at. I also think that the buzz about the pinball museum was either. Help. Yeah, that's probably people yeah. loved that last year. Yeah, yeah, that's so, probably people that missed it probably want to go back and go see that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, the hackathon. The hackathon. Who wants to talk hackathon? I'll let Kripa yeah, should talk hackathon. <laughs> well, it was my first time ever running a hackathon, especially that size. There was about 150 people that showed up um, from 8 p.m. till midnight. There was lots of food this time. I got good reviews on food.
excuse me, but you spelled gamma wrong. This is the correct spelling. We should change that. So, <laughs> Look for case too. Capital capital V capital M or right. lowercase W A R E. They call it the, the branding box. Yeah, right? the branding <laughs> box. Look for D M W all caps and then lowercase where. That's A R E. Yeah, awesome. yeah, neat, neat, neat little neat, neat project. But see, that project and some of the other projects were things that people worked on ahead of time. Mm -hmm. right? So the hackathon really was about taking people's work and then moving it forward mm -hmm. versus coming up with, I think, brand new ideas and then crafting code for that for that evening, right? Because what can you do in three three hours, right? Um, yeah. So I thought that was it was interesting to see uh, what how much time you know. People worked on them ahead of time versus how much they did in the, in the hackathon. The goal was to announce it and let people work a month ahead of time. So that was our goal. So teams that had learned that and figured that out did pretty well because yeah. they got together, organized themselves, worked on some code, and then came and talked about it. What I would say, though, is that there were a few last-minute collaborations, right? Like mm -hmm. people who worked on stuff a month ahead of time and they showed up not knowing about each other. Like uh, Jonathan and the team that had the black box, yeah, they came in and they had been working on things completely separately and kind of wanted to to team up and totally decided in the moment, let's let's make yeah. this work together. So and our third cool. place team was the blockchain team that they were literally thrown together just randomly as the hackathon started and they were still in the top three. Right. So, it's just so the thing that I thought would be interesting for next year is to actually have more time to have people present because mm -hmm. the presentations were two minutes. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So you didn't see any code they wrote. You right. only just heard their idea. Right? Yeah. And so you honestly didn't know whether any of the code they wrote even worked, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or were they just pitching a good idea and or had they worked on code for the, the last month that it did work, right? So right. you didn't really have any idea how much code they actually produced and what the code did and and so I would like maybe next year to have a slightly different format where we have people work on stuff ahead of time and what this ends up being is a is a hackathon finale where you come and present, you know, what code you wrote, right, mm -hmm. versus ideas that got kind of fleshed up. But then other people are giving me feedback that no, 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 they want to write code there. They want to come and have a block of time where they're actually writing code. So I, I guess we'll have to have a discussion about that. Right? Yeah. Which one which one works better? I was disappointed that I only got a two minute uh, summation where what I really want to see is what they're running. You want to see the full demo? Apparently virtual security who came in fourth uh, did say they ran code, right? So yeah, there were some of the some of the teams did. Some teams but two minutes just isn't very long to yeah, showcase yeah. what you what you built. And I think a lot of teams didn't like Kyle really cut people off at two minutes. Um, completely stopped them, and right. I think a lot of teams started off summarizing what they were doing before they got to the code. And by the time they got showing the code, they only had like five or ten seconds left. Right. So they just didn't really have an idea of how short that two minutes really was. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, maybe two events. Uh, Vdish says maybe uh, two two events uh, might may, might work. Like there's there's got to be something better than three hours. The other thing I thought the room was impersonal. Like, yeah, it was huge and fluorescent lights, and the teams got together. It was fun, and people at, at, at tables work, and you had food. Uh, I really like the European one where we have this big the restaurant European. where you're kind of in a restaurant. Right. It feels uh, kind of it was like a makerspace restaurant, like mm -hmm. it's not just a generic restaurant. They have like space to to do maker projects, and so uh, the the generic massive session conference room. 
Uh, I thought I would save money on it, um, but it turns out uh, I didn't really save much money on it, but um, maybe we find a, a venue that's more hacky, hackery. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Like if you don't write enough code, something happens, your arm gets chopped off. I don't know. Something, <laughs> something to feel like you're here. You got something on the line. I don't know. Well, it's it felt like you were in a session. Yeah. In San Francisco, there's more builder spaces that are accessible that right. maybe you could rent out. So um, Yeah, that's what I would say. Is yeah. that next year, try not to save budget and just try to do what we do in Europe. Europe, I like the law, right? Yeah, the, the, Europe's awesome. the venue is really nice. The tables are nice. The food was good. It felt like you had, I don't know, it was it was a different thing. But I still get this two-minute summary for a hackathon. I struggle with that uh, and what that means. And that's really the pitch, right? That's an elevator pitch time. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So I worked on a team. Uh, I just jumped on a team at the end where we took a Raspberry Pi from the maker shop thing and then tried to put a, you know, do the same kind of thing where it takes sensor data. A guy, one of the guys on our team had a drone data from one of the military drones that he had downloaded, and so we want to take that drone data and then use a Raspberry Pi to collect it with Leota, take that data up, and then visualize the data or, or do something with the data. So collect the data from a Raspberry Pi from an iPhone in a small device and then upload it. So we dabbled with the pieces of that, right? And we wrote a little, you know, got infrastructure, got an emulator for Raspberry Pi, made the, got the code, downloaded the, the, his, his uh, drone, code and then uh, seg segregated it into readable uh, data, and that's as far as we got. Now, <laughs> we presented the whole stack, right? Oh, this is what we do, this is our idea, but we, we only got like 20% of that, maybe, and I don't think we, I don't think we wrote any code, right? We just, we just kind of formulated what the project would be and then solved some of the bigger pieces of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but where we, the two-minute presentation was, you know, this is our idea, this is what we did, this, uh, and it's right. like, okay, we didn't write any code, but, we, <laughs> but our, our two-minute presentation looks good. So, I don't know. That was my hackathon experience, so <laughs> a lot more time to hack. Yeah. Uh, just looking at that, what do we got on time? We're still in good shape. We've got 20 more minutes, so we can, we can continue on. The blogger tables were kind of small this year. Great. Yeah, apologize for that. Bigger, bigger. Higher blogger table. That was the one thing. Yeah, they were really yeah, short. The yeah. When we, you know, we probably looked at probably 30 different visualizations of this yeah. booth over the three months that we were designing it, right? And you never get an idea what the scale really looks like, right? right? So you look at the tables, and we've had tables that were 20 feet long, right? And huge tables. So we've obviously now had tables that were teeny, right? And this was, we got tables that were tiny, right? And yes. I don't think when you're looking at a six or eight person table on a, on a, uh, a CAD CAD drawing that you can really you understand. You don't think to look at how many feet off the ground. Yeah. Or what is the yeah. width of the table and the length of the table to know whether it's a table like this that they've managed to get six people around or whether it's a bigger table that you could really get 10 people if you wanted to, you know. And so we found out that we ended up with a, yeah. Small tables. One thing we talked about too for next year is um, everyone brings their own branded stickers, right? If you've ever been at the blogger tables, there are probably 30 different cool stickers that all the bloggers have. So we were thinking about maybe doing like a sticker wall or something. We could do it even That's in the cool. shape of a laptop cover so that we can display those in a cool way. Maybe we oh, can put them on the, on yeah, the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we could make a collage. 
just take one of everybody's and make exactly. kind of a piece of art totally. to be put in that year. Yeah. yeah, hang it in the podcast room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. That's There's good some idea. good ones. I'm seriously impressed with some of the stuff. It was easy with. when that, when people were asking what makes community unique. I said, well, we have extra programs to support people that have branded communities. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, here, come look at this table. See all those stickers? All those people are people that have created brands for their own podcast or their own community space. And then they brand it and then we support them and we try to help, help them become bigger and better. So uh, that was kind of fun to see all the stickers. And to be able to point people out of going, this is yeah. what we do, right? It's not about VMware's brand. It's about their brand. All right, that's the blogger tables. Weigh-in screens are fine. Not, not much to say about those. Weigh-in are the big screens we had. I thought the screens were hidden this year. Uh, I didn't, you know, they were kind of off angle. You couldn't really see posts that community members were. So note to self, when they're laying out the big screens, have one facing the community booth. So as people are tweeting, they can actually see their stuff showing up on the screens. Uh, but anyway, that's that's here nor there. Right? Uh, that was good. Um, are you talking about the, the picture collages that got created? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there were in the, in the village, there were big screens that yeah. had uh, columns with social streaming, tweets streaming through, but they were they didn't move very fast sometimes, and so it looked like a collage, mm -hmm. right? But it's supposed to be a stream, and then where they put those were kind of off angled, yeah, uh, not really prominent. Well, they weren't facing from the community booth out. No, no they were facing of, like if you were in the community booth looking out onto the, right. the village floor, they're kind then of surrounding you where the mini. Well, but even the one you couldn't see that because they sat them at an angle. Oh right, it was not even you couldn't see it from the community area because so, those were angled towards the people watching the the, the kind of the seating area. Yeah, they just had miscellaneous senior areas, so it was kind of a random thing. Right, and it just happened to be randomly the angle didn't. Line up, line up to our booth, booth right, right, right. So that meant that nobody there could really see what was streaming through, right? And now I'm sure other people in the event saw them and they were great or whatever. I I didn't get a lot of feedback either way. I took at least once. I took a, a picture of the thing and then tagged the person that I saw in it. But I don't know mm -hmm. if that was something that a lot of people were doing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, so we had the makerspace uh, with the Raspberry Pis that went that went well. People got a lot of feedback on that. That was like, super popular. They like they like doing labs. We'll never be able here. to get rid of that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, this comes back to HOL labs, right? And workshops yeah. versus these type of workshops and workshops that are in the area of the, the code area. And so that's a little bit interesting to see teasing that apart. What does that mean, right? Um, but it definitely worked. We definitely needed audio, so to the people that had to crowd around the, the, the yeah. presenters, we'll definitely make sure we have Mike and Amp if we do those again, which I, I assume we will do some type of that engineering-oriented uh, workshops again, because I think they were they were popular and they, they brought people into the booth, uh, so it was good. Um, that's all I got to say about makerspace is that there were other maker workshops that ran besides the Raspberry Pi one, mm -hmm. um, and I think those are reasonably successful as well. Yeah, right? they, they, have, they have people in them learning about various components of engineering. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those were mostly though people who had pre-registered, whereas the the pies were a big draw to the space where a lot of people came through and said, "How do I 
how do I, how do I do that? Yeah, how do I get like the coffee? Yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, coffee bad. Um, who went to the party? I did. I went <laughs> a little bit. Any good? It was really cool. Um, I went to, I, I think I was saying this, I met up with Rob, Robin Matlock for a little bit there. Um, I went to the reInvent party, this was probably three years ago, but I thought it was quite similar to that. The festival style, um, there were two enormous tents, each probably the size of the general session hall. Um, and they were, one was kind of like a, a Arabian night theme, I want to say. Right, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and then the other was kind of like a jungly theme, and they had really good food. Um, they had prominent artists, but not like huge, not like one uh, headlining artist. So I think they catered to more audiences, and it was just a lot easier. There were a lot of games. So you could kind of partake in the concert part of it, or if you just wanted to hang out with people you'd met during the week, with coworkers, with customers, you could sit around and eat and drink a beer and just hang out. So I like that it catered to more audiences there. It was fun. Nice, nice. I didn't go, so I have no feedback. Did you go? I did, I did. Uh, the food lines were long, but the food was really good. Um, the final supergroup concert was shockingly good. I don't know why my expectations were so low, but <laughs> they were. And, but Dave Navarro is awesome on guitar. Um, Macy Gray was amazing. Macy Gray was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I still don't can't get over that voice. Uh, so Cheap Trick, I'm old, but Cheap Trick is still like predates me to have like the lead singer of Cheap Trick. Like he was the best. Like he had it still like he had his power in his voice like he was blowing everybody away like as far as his uh vocals um i would say sebastian bach still had the superstar presence and the the hair metal like uh, hair uh so that was uh pretty amazing um and uh, mark mcgrath was there too yeah it was packed like up by the oh, up yeah. by the stage i didn't even bother going back there it was yeah, I, I had to I had to push further and further away because I didn't bring earplugs, <laughs> and apparently I'm old. <laughs> However, I can still hear you, so <laughs> that's good. There's yeah, that. yeah, yeah, there is that. All right. So uh, moving on, we have uh, we have 12 more minutes or something like that. So VMworld Europe is going to come. Um, I we're going to go again. Right? We're going to do it again. So I assume we'll have. All right. The question we have to ask is: uh, Do Europeans drink coffee? Will they like the, uh, <laughs> the espresso so machine? Much they certainly <laughs> drink it. So I think coffee. the question is, will the caliber of what we have be that much better than what, what the they have? Has? I know. But I think so. I mean, for me, there's a big difference between coffee and, like, espresso. Espresso. Yeah, yeah. There's no so, question about that. Maybe you should ask uh, the events team what kind of coffee they're ordering for the event. Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, last year, it was... Not bad coffee, but it was still like American style coffee. Drip. I, I, I was thinking maybe we should just have In and Out Burger. That sounds <laughs> great. I can't get a decent burger in, in Europe. And they're so expensive. Like, yeah. So I was, I was like, coffee, nah, I can get, Europeans make great coffee, good enough coffee, right? But what do we, what do we not get? Like, 
And you're throwing up animal style fries. I'm there. Yeah. So maybe a French fries group, right? I'd say yeah. 20 bucks. Like, uh, get some decent food. We'll have to roll us all home. Right. <laughs> or maybe a sushi bar, just a sushi where the guy's making real sushi, right? You know, fresh sushi That's versus a little, a little yeah. canned sushi. Is this sushi. Barcelona budget that much bigger than the <laughs> other? It's not. Uh, not at all. Uh, we were gonna have a, we were gonna, yeah, exactly. We we're gonna have Captain Crunch in, a, in cups. Right? <laughs> well, I think I think the, the most cost-effective idea you just had was uh, French fries <laughs> yeah. with different types of toppings or something like that. Like, oh, this one has aioli. This one has. I was actually really surprised that you're in the U.S. that they actually had a full barista, right? Like with a full espresso machine and oh yeah, you know, yeah, flavored you know, yeah, syrup. yeah, syrup, sugars, things, you know, nice little yeah. How cool are those sugar syrup yeah, yeah, things? Yeah, right. Oh my god. The only thing that could have been better is they had biscotti or something yeah. also would have been also good. But yeah, it was a professional, you know, barista with two baristas behind a counter. That's what we really can do good. is have like croissants. That's yeah, like yeah, an yeah. 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 I thought that I think that we could have a that that was really professional and, and made it really nice. So I think it was something like that that would be good. Um the the it, everybody's asked me whether we're gonna do the raspberry pies in Europe. Um and I I think the answer is yes, but figure out what European power supplies look like. You know, just the raspberry pies run on uh Three or three or four amps, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't run them off your USB power, right? You right. To, actually, have to have power bricks to, to run those guys. So kind of kind of, kind of ugly. Right? Food police came by and said, "We have all power cords and you know, uh, yeah." I think the voltage in Europe is higher, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it's two two forty. Versus yes, so it just have to be a different adapter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the question whether those little things just work on. I think they work on both. We just need the, the power stripped converters or get the right thing done up here. We'll try that. Yeah, they might get fried though. <laughs> I've destroyed more than one hair dryer in here. <laughs> yeah, VM10, uh, the barbecue in the VM10 space, and we said that. I don't think we're going to be able to do food. I think we got away with coffee, which is really good. They did a really nice coffee bar, but I think they would push back if we started to actually. Start having fryers. Or, I think that would be torturous you know. for anyone that wants to spend more than oh, half an hour. Make the whole place smell. So. <laughs> uh, the brown bag did well. I think that, as always, yeah. they, they were crowded. A lot of people there, a lot of hangover afterwards. Bloggers and the brown bags were all hanging out. I thought the bean bags were a waste of time. We should probably skip the bean bags because we were short on space. Mm -hmm. We could have had a few more blogger tables and less bean bags. Yeah. Well, I think now that the bean bags were caught on in the regular VM village. That's true too. That, that, yeah, we didn't need, yeah. you know, they, if you wanted to go bean bag, you could go out in the village. Right. Well, I mean, right. you had like a great idea and they just ran with it, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if we had it or they had it and we no, stole okay. it from them. I'm not sure. I think we can call that yeah. little area Nap Village. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like zombie land. I don't know. Can't blame them. Like pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So uh, virtual security says, yeah, blogger table, a quiet blogger table, and a noisy blogger table. That might, that might. Like, <laughs> I don't. That's gonna happen. Is that like, like noise counseling? You guys, uh, yeah, you guys, yeah, noise counseling headphones on all the, yeah, on one table. 
I, I like the bigger tables we've had in years past. It's yeah. just a space thing. We'll just have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. uh, bean bags, yeah, they're hard to get out of for older people. You know, like I, I don't use them anymore. It's in a chair. Plus, it's just kind of you feel like you're taking a nap in front of everybody. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Hard, right. So, but it worked in previous years. It's just that when we were out of space, bean bags. When you're right on top of everybody, you feel kind of odd. <laughs> laying around in these bags. Uh, what else do we have to worry about for Barcelona? Like, uh, how many people we're going to, I don't know, we're not going to be able to staff the number of people that we have in the U.S. I don't think we're going to be able to afford to send them all to Europe. It's going to be tight, yeah. So anybody out there listening, you want to help in the VMware community booth, let me know. Right? But, you know maybe we get some passes. Instead of shipping everybody over there, we could mm -hmm. look for some people that want to come by, yeah. hang out for a day or two. We're coming right. We scanned everybody this year. Mm -hmm. Was that interesting and that you got to meet everybody? Yeah, I think last year, uh, we were talking about this a little bit, last year we were signing people up for VMTN. This year, in fact, it's a good reason to talk to everyone. Um, this year, scanning people, sometimes it was pretty busy and you didn't get to see much more than their name tag and say hello, but Sometimes it's like your their blog name would be on their badge, and you're like, oh, I'm actually meeting in person, and right. it's slower, and then it would kind of prompt a conversation. So I thought it was great. Nice to have something to do, not to stand there and have a reason to engage with people. So I, I had fun. Was, you, you were up there for a little bit, too, right? Yeah, the last day was really good. I think it's definitely harder to meet people behind the shop because they get all excited about the prizes, and that becomes the first concern. But it was really nice. The last day was just kind of in the front and people are wrapping up so of course they're kind of coming to say bye but it's more like a hi I haven't met you yet so yeah I thought that we could have definitely have you out of the shop like I felt that that was a mistake right that that uh, having you in the shop was kind of a waste of a valuable resource right so you should have been probably hanging out with Julia meeting the speakers Getting to know the people from code, right? Yeah. As opposed to randomly handing out things being in the code shop, right? Which people managed to get around to you, as you say, a few. But I yeah. thought that was probably if I were going to do that again, which we probably will, I'll look for some generic help, right, that can man the store versus having our code community manager uh, work in a shop, which meant that you were pinned there as opposed to meeting people coming in, getting to know them, like what Elsa did last year with Logbee. You kind of you got to meet some of them, right? Um, but you didn't get that time to chat and to talk and to be in there outside of a, uh, a shop. So or have the shop. Yeah, out the shop. Front. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So merge the shop and the welcome booth, and then whoever is manning the welcome booth. Because be people saw the coffee. And that was an enticement. So seeing the, the things that are in the shop could be another enticement. Mm -hmm. But to your point, like you didn't have, you know, your staffers running the, the coffee shop either, right? So right. That's uh, yeah. I think that I would like same thing. I would outsource having somebody on my team run the shop because mm -hmm. that's what we want to do is be interacting with the people, right? Um, or running the the, the, the makerspace thing. Those were those were good interactions. The shop thing was more just like, oh, you know, what, 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 you know, what partial, you know, here are 50 points. What, yeah, yeah, I thought that was, we should probably fix that, right? Uh, which is, it was nice you got to meet people, but yeah, have an intern run the shop, right? Like that would have been more appropriate. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but anyway, that was all, that was all good.
Uh, the counting count, there's people asking on chat, uh, any idea when Z Brown Bag U Talks will appear it's in content 20, calendar? Well, that's before the schedule of planner release on the 25th. Do they do a, a content calendar, then a content catalog, then schedule builder? The 25th yeah. is the date that, that I have. For, for the content calendar or schedule builder, though? Because he's saying 25th too, but he thinks that's the schedule builder. I think it is schedule builder. And so the question is, does any of the content come out ahead of time so they can do you know, some research? Sure. That's the question. Don't know the answer. We will check. I think that it, it is scheduled on the 25th. So yeah. So don't know when content calendar comes up. Normally they produce they produce content calendar a couple weeks ahead of time so that you can go take a look at it and uh, and and see what sessions are out there. And the VMC and brown bag sessions will end up in content calendar hopefully before scheduled builder goes live. So um, my take is that we're trying to get those in when content calendar goes live. I don't know what that. But I don't know the dates, and I don't know if we've worked on that yet. Uh, I think we have most of the brown bag, and we have all the power session submissions, but we need to spend some time reviewing. So we have them all, we just don't know if they're in the tool yet. Well, the, the brown bag's not in the tool, no. Okay. Um, and for power sessions, I don't think we've selected, selected all, all the year all, all the year. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, someone's saying the content catalog is already up. But it doesn't have any of the DMT and content in it. So for a year. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's a good. It's a good call out. Thank you for that. Uh, we'll go take a look at that because yeah, we should probably work on making sure those get in. So content calendar's out. We're not there, and we know we're not in there. But your date is the 25th. But maybe we can get them in there earlier. Sounds good. We have to go talk to Alistair and see where he's at. Mm -hmm. You do have a content note on there. Um, I think maybe, hopefully, everybody knows by now. But you know, for those who don't, all of the recorded sessions from VM World US are already up and available for streaming and download. That is stunning. Uh, apparently, they were doing it like almost the very next day. It was wow. all available. So, um, like Monday sessions were available Tuesday. Tuesday sessions were available. The breakout sessions? Yeah, oh, the wow. breakout sessions. Not just the uh, not just right. the, the general sessions. But um I, the, the rumor I heard, uh, No, they're up. Yeah. Yeah, no, but they're, they're all out yeah. now. So that is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So plenty of things. I think they're available for the general public too. I don't yep. think they're you need to be have a conference ID now to see them. Yeah. Right. And even even if you needed well you didn't you definitely did not need to pay for the conference before. All you needed was an account on VMworld.com. Yeah, 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 so even if there's a login uh, um, gate, it's a, a free one. So nice, yeah, all out there. All right, we're at the top of the hour. Um, yeah, everybody's kind of reset. Corey's out with a cold. Josh is out with a cold. So some of us travelers did not escape. I saw an article. Uh, the number one place in the airport where the highest viral load is. For the rhinovirus, which is the one that gives you the cold. Any any guess where you might find the most? The gray trays that you put all your stuff in. Ooh. That makes sense. Everyone's touching out. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. 
about that. Like, oh, shoot, we're all grabbing those? I'll tell you. Yeah, somebody sick comes along, he coughs on their hand, they touch yeah. the gray bins. The gray bins are the highest, more than toilet seats, more than anywhere else in the airport. It's the gray yeah, bins. Yeah, I got them to get wiped down. No, very, never. Got to get the global entry because then you TSA pre-check with that. TSA uh, pre-check, there's no bins. No bins. That's a, that's the reason to do that. What do you do? You just stick your bags. Yeah, you don't need to take your shoes off. Yeah, you don't need to wear a jacket. That's worth 100 bucks a year now. No, it's only a, it's, a, it's less than 100, and it's four years. Four years, yeah. Some yeah, number, yeah, really. it's a large number of years. And we're traveler number. When you're coming back from Europe with global entry, you can just. Fill out the form ahead of time and drop it in and just walk past the. Uh, oh man, I'm missing out. Yeah. You don't go through the go the guys at all. You just, you just walk right in. Yep. How did you do that before Barcelona? I'm signing up. I'm signing up. I haven't done it yet. You might be up against the deadline, but uh, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> no, it takes like I heard it takes like six months to get. It doesn't take six months. No? It takes no. well, they need to do the background check before they do the in-person interview. So. Right. However, uh, have you done it? I've done it. I did right. it a while back. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Was it an in-person interview? They they do the background check and then they let you schedule the in-person interview after your background check is. But you had to go in and meet somebody. Yeah, oh, but we're so close to SFO. That's where you need to go. That's where you go. Yeah. yeah. So it's all about um, they check basically to see if you've had any kind of customs or border violation. Uh, so, you know, accidentally left something in your. Uh, Trump or like you know accidentally not declared something. So if you've ever done that, don't don't bother with global entry. Like you're yeah, not going to get it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's totally worth it. Sweet. All right. Well, there you go. So don't 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 lick the the, the, the gray bin. You know, wash your hands after you get through security. And uh, we're we're prepping for VMworld. And one other thing I will mention on the podcast. We are seriously looking like we're going to be at reInvent with a community Ooh. theater with the brown bag. So just trying to get the budget numbers all worked out this week. And Where is that? This it looks like I'm going to get Vegas. it in, in Vegas. <laughs> supposedly only 95 in November. In November. It's a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> is it in Mandalay Bay again? Yeah, I don't know. No, no, it's not. It's, okay. it's, it's, they're like 180,000, so they're, yeah. they're, they're everywhere. 80,000. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine a show yeah. four times the size. I've never been to CES, but I don't know yeah. what a show that big looks like. But it's after VMworld Europe, so we don't have to worry about that. So we got to worry about VMworld <laughs> Europe, and then we'll go from there. You can get global entry by then. Yeah, yeah, I'll be able to get global entry into Vegas. All right, that's it. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm going to hit the big stop recording button now, and we'll have a guest again next week.